Sleep. Oh, I'm Byron. Oh, and and we are old, old guys bitching. Wait, I, I missed that. Okay, take two. Wait. We okay. are we are old guys, guys bitching. bitching. Uh, primarily what? old. Yeah. What, what are we in an echo chamber? It's uh, <laughs> the uh, well. I I finally did it. I got a doggy. Yes, you did. Uh, what's uh, your doggy's name? My doggy's name is Sammy. Oh, Sammy, Sammy. Now, Sammy is a girl. Sammy okay. is a girl. So, uh, so can you describe Sammy for for our uh, listening audience? Uh, yes. The one she, guy out there? She has four legs. Okay. And she has a tail. And she has two ears. Well, that's so far so good. And a very long oh, snout. Oh, a long snout. Yes. You know, because being a Jewish, I had to have a dog with a big nose. <laughs> Uh, 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 <laughs> so she'd fit in the family. Actually, she is a. Uh, <laughs> she, she heard me talking about her and just walked out of the office. That's it. It's like, that's it. I don't want to listen to this. Oh, I get no respect. She, <laughs> she is a shepherd mix. On one, one intake form, it says she's lab retriever mix. And on the other, she's uh, a, la- a shepherd mix. And they said that she, originally, I thought. For some reason, I thought she was about thirty pounds. Uh, she's forty-eight pounds. Oh my! Well, you know, uh, you know, women—they like to keep their uh, their weight <laughs> to themselves. That's right. And and when I first got her, they had told me she was house trained, and she was. She was trained to go in, in the, the house. house, of course. That, yes. It was, but now she seems to be getting the knack of that, and she hasn't had an accident in days. Which now that I've said that. Uh, God knows what's waiting me when I leave uh, my desk here. That's right. That's why she left the room. She. <laughs> well, you, so. you know, with with mixed breeds, you uh, often really don't know because with with our dog Carol, when we got her, um, two different veterinarians told us that she was uh, the, uh, uh, you know, the the fashionable breed called a Chewini. Oh, yes. And Chewinis are mixes of Dachshunds and uh, Chihuahuas. Right. Well, now we kind of actually think that she may be a Dachshund Golden Retriever mix because she weighs like 28 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't get the memo. Uh, No, that whole, miss that whole Chewini thing. (laughs) Well, I I got very lucky because Sammy is an absolute sweetheart. She's just a very sweet. She looks like she's always smiling, um, and and she's just friendly to everybody she meets. Now, the cats don't seem to know that. I haven't seen my cats very much since I got Sammy. <laughs> well, you know, cats and dogs. As uh, Bill Murray said, you know, the world's coming to an end. Cats and dogs living together. Yes. Yeah. But they, I mean, they kind of stare at each other when they're in the same place, when the cat's deemed to come out from under the bed, they stare at each other. Well, maybe the, maybe the, no cats, interaction. the cats, you know, the dogs that they know are the dogs that want to eat them. And they're just... Well, no, they haven't known any dogs. The only dog that actually Gizmo, my older cat, knew um, uh, my older dog, Cinnamon, who's no longer mm-hmm. with us. And I got uh, Gizmo as a kitten and had Cinnamon as a very old, ancient dog at the time. 
and uh, Gizmo uh, Cinnamon was like Gizmo's mother. Wow. That, well, that's amazing. You, you know, my daughter, uh, your daughter probably has cats and dogs too. My, yes. My, my daughter has a, an Irish wolfhound uh, among her other many animals that she has, and she has a cat named Gillian. And these two are like, uh, they're not only comrades, they are conspirators. <laughs> and, the, you know, the amazing thing is that, well, you know, Irish wolfhounds are pretty large dogs. And Gillian is just a regular old, regular cat, regular cat size. Uh, they uh, eat together out of the same bowl, which is wow. like, uh, you know, neither of them has the memo on that. But so my daughter, in order to kind of, you know, uh, make sure that uh, the Irish wolfhound uh, doesn't get into the treats when she doesn't want to get into them. Um, she puts them up on top of the refrigerator and she was coming home to find the treat boxes on the floor, half eaten. And so she figured out that the dog was telling the cat, uh, could you go up to the top of the refrigerator and push that off for me? And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the cat gets in return, but <laughs> apparently. I, I don't doubt it for a minute. <laughs> and I, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yes. oh, 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 I, I love these pauses yeah, where, uh, yeah, you know, somebody who's listening to us just thinks that, okay, they're old guys. They both died at the same time. <laughs> Could happen. It's, uh, I, in fact, I think maybe we should get a uh, pool going. <laughs> Let people bet on it. Uh, we've got to have prizes, though. Of yeah. course, if we're both dead, I don't know who's going to uh, send the prizes. Or, you know, what, we, we could just go silent and fool everybody. That's... I, <laughs> That's what I thought you were doing. Yeah. I was, but luckily I could see you uh, with that deer in the headlights look on your face. So, uh, But I, I have to, this morning, Sam, I had recently gotten a, like a rubber mat that goes under the food in the water bowl. Well, I came downstairs this morning and the water bowl and the food bowl are nowhere to be found, but the water is everywhere. So, and then I look and she had dragged the water bowl into the living room and the food bowl was up on the couch. Well, yeah. I, what was on TV? Uh, nothing. Oh, I had the TV geez. off. Oh no, wait a minute. Maybe the news was on. I see. She likes the news. Th see, that was it. Just wanted to, uh, you know, kick back, uh, do a little Netflix and chill. Yeah. So. She likes to watch the news and, and think how stupid humans are. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I'm um, a guest in my producer's house, and he has this gorgeous little um, King Charles Spaniel. Mm. And so when I arrived today in the afternoon, I uh, was showing uh, the stage manager where she was going to be stay staying, and uh, a producer was doing some producer things, and then he needed to get the paperwork done for our stage manager, and I heard like weird noises in the main room of the house, and I and I saw the little King Charles Spaniel chasing a bluebird around. And <laughs> I was I was hoping, geez, I hope that's not the bluebird of happiness, because if it is, you know, we could, <laughs> we could all be in trouble. But I managed managed to to catch the bluebird. The bluebird wanted to just sit on my hand. Took it outside. He eventually stopped 
panting, uh, started staring at me like, are you going to kill me? And uh, then, <laughs> then after a while, when I didn't kill him, he thought, oh, I can go now. Thanks. And just <laughs> flittered off, zipped off. And the dog said, that was mine. <laughs> now I want to know something because you have all these animals that just come to you. Yes, I are do. you are you secretly Doctor Doolittle? I I must because I do uh, talk to the animals. <laughs> I was uh, chatting to a chimp and chimpanzee, talking to a tiger, chatting with a cheetah. What a neat achievement! <laughs> are you going to sing now? <laughs> Where's the music? I. I I, I mean, I really, I really, I talk to animals all the time, too. Um, of course, they don't talk to me, which is just like the human people I know. Um, <laughs> they don't respond to me either. Uh, so I, I, it might just be a, a thing. Well, here's a story. This, this is uh, back uh, when I worked for uh, a Native American group called the American Indian Theater Company. And I need a good name for it. Wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Shout out to J.R. Matthews and Wes Studi. Uh, but anyway, they uh, had me doing research to put together a show about Plains Indians. And it was in Oklahoma. There are several Indian tribes there. There's, of course, the, uh, the Osage and the Creek and the Cherokee and the Quapaw and everything. And uh, Somebody arranged uh, a meeting for me with uh, what, you know, in English is called a medicine man and what in Cherokee is called, well, I don't know, I don't speak Cherokee. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so I had to go wandering out through the woods in eastern Oklahoma. And, and the guy apparently knew magic because he had a single wide trailer. And it looked relatively new, and yet there were uh, trees growing all around it that had been there for years. <laughs> How he got it in there, I have no idea. But um, as I approached, uh, I got started gathered animals as I was going. I had dogs. I had a couple of goats following me. I had chickens. I had a turkey. And uh, then the guy had me sit down on his, uh, his front steps. And as we talked, all the animals actually just kind of crowded around me. And he says, well, I can tell you the story now because the animals all said that they like you. <laughs> so apparently I, I am an animal whisperer. You are. That's, uh, you, you need your own series. Uh, right, that would be good. And On the animal animal planet or something. <laughs> I'd probably end up on Logo. But, uh, <laughs> Well, now, speaking of, of uh, by the way, when you're talking about Native Americans, I, I have to tell you, when I was a kid, I was an honorary fighting Potawatomi. Uh, which Potawatomi was the fighting part? Um, I'm not sure. It was my <laughs> mouth was always fighting with my brain. Uh, uh, a Potawatomi mouth, eh? But no, my, you know, I, you know my grandfather was a performer, and uh -huh. he was friendly with the chief of the Potawatomis and I got a whole kit in the mail with like a like an honorary membership card and all this stuff about the fighting and I so I was a fighting Potawatomi out of wow. Council Bluffs, Iowa. That's really something and you know, uh that tribe is actually an uh one of the charter members of the Funny Names of America Club. <laughs> Are they? And and you know, um but I, I never never had a powwow. 
Really? Which, which sounds like the, uh, an old uh, red buttons routine. <laughs> Never had a powwow. <laughs> well, well, I, I wish you could see this at home. I don't know how well you can see this. If, oh, it's, it's it's you and a Native American. Uh, oh, it's that it's the guy from the commercial. Yeah, the the crying Indian. That's uh, that, yeah. Uh, that's Iron Eyes Cody. Right. And uh, uh, this is at a um, a powwow that I was the associate producer for. <laughs> well, <laughs> that people didn't know that powwows have uh, producers. And uh, so last week I was here in Los Angeles, and somebody was talking about. Native American, so I whip out my picture. Yes, my picture. When I whip things out, that's all that happens nowadays. <laughs> so I'm I'm showing them, and they're trying to uh, identify, and they finally went, "Oh yeah, the, the the crying Indian." And then they said, "So who's the other guy?" Well, that was you, right? <laughs> yes, it was me. But somehow I, I don't quite <laughs> resemble that anymore. <laughs> Well, you've you've gotten a little older since that picture was taken. Now, I mean, the listeners are at a distinct disadvantage because they can't see the picture. Or that could be an advantage. It could be. That, that, that could very well be. Now, I, I do have a, a something I would like to bitch about. Oh, let's hear it. I w- do you ever watch the show The Blacklist? Uh, no, I know that that stars James Spader, but beyond James that. Spader, and and I will watch anything that James Spader is in. I think he's brilliant, and he never fails to crack me up, even when he's talking serious. But um, no, he's terrific. He just he just really makes mesmerizing characters. Anyway, in the show, he plays a bad guy who is doing stuff for the FBI because he's helping out a woman who turns out and you know, through all the the first four seasons or whatever it was they denied that he was related to her but of course turns out he's her father um and her character name is Elizabeth Keene now I'm watching Homeland over the weekend last season and the beginning of this year's season and there's a female president on the show and what's her character name? Uh, it wouldn't be Elizabeth Keene, would it? It is. Oh. It's Elizabeth Keene. Now, they spell it. The Keene is spelled differently. Well, that's how they but, get away with that. But it's still, I mean, we're not seeing the name in print that often, you know, on screen. We're hearing people refer to Elizabeth Keene. And I have to keep checking to see what show I'm watching. Well, it could be that maybe they. she has a daughter, and her daughter's name is Carolyn Keene. Sound familiar? Yeah, that's, wait a minute. That's the author of the Nancy Drew series. That's right, who didn't exist. No, no, right? it was just the uh, the name yeah. that they used for whoever happened to be writing it. Right. It was Fred Schwartz and Norman Isakoff or something. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Norman Isakoff is a real guy. Um, <laughs> but but, but I, I don't think that should be permissible. Now, when, when two actors of the same name try to get into show business and try to and get into the union, they're not allowed to have the same name. That's true. It's a middle initial or a different thing. I mean, I, 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 I think, I'm pretty sure that um, Fisher Stevens is Fisher Stevens because I was in the union first. Oh, okay. And because I couldn't even be Steve, I wanted to just be Steve Fisher in the union, but I couldn't. Because there was a Steve Fisher 
in the union who was a science teacher on TV. I said, well, he's not an actor. Why can't I be Steve Fisher, the actor? No, you can't. So for years, I was Steve J. Fisher. Ah, yeah. And now I'm just dirt or something. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't know. But I think there should be a registry for character names so that no two series that are con concurrently on television can feature characters with the same name. That That's absolutely right. So, so, so they, you know, that's why, uh, they, you know, probably the reason they don't do that is because eventually they'd run out of names and they start having characters with the names of like Schlug Maguga because they couldn't have why, Stephen Fisher. Why couldn't you have Schlug Maguga? Well, you could have Schlug Maguga, but then the next uh, series, they would go, oh, my God, somebody took that name. And I found the real person. I was going to base this the whole series on, on the real Schlug Maguga. I can't do that now. So we're going to call him uh, Flem Bazoo. <laughs> I, I like it. I think we have a series here. <laughs> Just people with all odd names. Yes, Flem Mazoo and Shug Maguga go to Kalamazoo. <laughs> now, I, I, think, I think this is a conspiracy, which brings up uh, someone we lost this week. Uh, Art Bell? Uh, Art Bell. Art Bell. Oh. You brought him up earlier when we were chatting just before we started doing this. I used to listen to Art Bell um, a, a years, years, years ago, and I couldn't get arrested doing anything else, and I was actually working as a security guard at night. And, and so AM Coast to Coast and beyond, you'd be listening right. to Art Bell. I had nothing better to do than to sit in the little uh, guard shack and listen to Art Bell. about, And it would freak me out because now for people who don't know who Art Bell was, Art Bell did a show. Um, he broadcast the, out of his trailer in Pahrump, Nevada. <laughs> It, yes, and, and in the wee hours of the morning. And he talked about all kinds of weird conspiracy theories and UFOs and ghosts and bizarre things. And people would call in and talk about their experiences. And I'm sitting all alone in this huge medical facility. And uh, and, and I'm getting freaked out. Now, I got to go out and, and do my rounds in the building. And I, I don't want to leave the office because the office is locked, I can see through the windows when people are coming at me. I got to walk down these long hallways. It looked like something from the original The Thing. <laughs> I always, ever since seeing The Thing as a kid, I've had a fear of walking down quiet hallways. Oh, my for goodness. For fear that The Thing was going to come leaping out at me from one of the side doors and ripped my throat out. Wow. Well, you know, back in the, I think it was in the 70s, the Firesign Theater uh, recorded an album called Everything You Know Is Wrong. Yes. And uh, it's, it, the uh, name of the radio host broadcasting from a trailer somewhere uh, uh, is uh, Dr. Happy Harry Cox Jr., who uh, welcomes seekers <laughs> and announces there's a seeker born every minute. And then when I was on um, uh, 95X in Syracuse, New York, one of my uh, odd assignments was I had to do the public affairs show that nobody listens to. 
you know, it runs like, you know, at 4.30 a.m. on a Sunday. Like, you know, people are actually going to be up and listening to a heavy metal station expecting public affairs. Well, uh, are you familiar with the Radio TV interview report? It's kind of a flyer that goes around to uh, all kinds of uh, media with pe- uh-huh. with people who want to be interviewed on radio. They, they pay for ads, and uh, then you look and you think, oh, that looks kind of interesting. <laughs> Me, interview me, interview yeah, that, me. That's it. So I, I'm looking and I'm just reading and thinking, uh, what could I, you know, I, I'd like something that is going to entertain me because I'm probably the only listener uh, and host. But uh, I, I get to one and it it says, you know, aliens among us, uh, you know, definite proof. I've seen them. And I thought, oh, well, that would definitely be entertaining. I could do that. And so I uh, I call the number, you know, just one eight hundred number to arrange the interview, and picks up and goes Art Bell, Art Bell, AM Coast to Coast, Art Bell. Yes, can I help you? Yeah, I'm calling from WAQX in Syracuse, New York. Would you be interested in doing an interview like right now? <laughs> and he did, and he was. Talking about these um, you know, plutonium clouds and uh, how uh, a, a spaceship landed right outside its trailer. And I had such difficulty not just laughing out loud. But, you know, the guy had a huge, huge audience. AM Coast to he Coast did. goes on today with uh, George Norrie and a, another guy that I have uh, have met uh, who would probably just kill me on sight if I actually said his name. But uh, oh. <laughs> why is he working anonymously? That- uh, no, no, he uh, he has uh, you know a regular gig. But uh, the the thing is, I don't think he wants the people who see his regular TV gig to know that he's doing AM Coast to Coast and uh, talking about aliens and Wolfman and. Um, uh, Shlug Magoo. Shlug Maybe it is Shlug I can't even say it now. The, uh, but I, I was reading when I was reading Art Art Bell's obituary, and and uh, I may have known this before, but I was interested to see that he didn't use a screener. That he would have people call and he'd just pick up the phone and start talking well, to them hence my, on the air. That's my experience calling that number and get Art Bell. <laughs> was he on the air when you uh, when you did no, that? No, it was not uh, uh, during the nighttime hours when I called. It would have been more in the midday hours for him. But uh, oh, I, I was I was stunned. I'm surprised. I was surprised he was up uh, in during the day because I thought he was a vampire. I don't think he slept. Actually, I, I don't think so. Which is probably why he saw UFOs everywhere and ghosts. But, and- but you know, uh, you have to credit the guy. You have to credit the guy that that he amassed such a dedicated following. And then, do, uh, do you remember the time? Well, I don't know whether you were a security guard when this happened or not. But- <laughs> <laughs> it was briefly. We, we we got robbed too many times on my watch. They finally said, uh, there's no security here whatsoever when you're around. Anyway, uh, Art Bell went off the air. He said that uh, that there were threats toward him and his family, and they said if, if he didn't stop broadcasting, that they would carry out these threats. I don't remember him ever saying what the threats were. But... Uh, uh, so, yeah, he was off the air for, for several months, maybe even a year, and then about 2008 or so. 
Oh, I think I heard about that. He, he kind of flipped out or something, yeah. didn't he? Didn't he have kind of like a nervous breakdown? Well, he did live in Pahrump. <laughs> That's true. If you lived in Pahrump, you would have a nervous breakdown too. Oh, absolutely. You know who else but, picks up their own phone? I don't know if this happens anymore, but uh, I uh, uh, used to attend in um, in Los Angeles, just this small chapel. And I mainly uh, went there because I liked the camaraderie of all the people. It was a very small, small group. And um, one of the interesting things is out in front of this chapel was the Celtic cross that was used in the Walt Disney movie, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Oh, I love that movie. And then in 1994, we had the Northridge earthquake. And... I was there. And this thing fell over. Now, it was just, you know, it was piano wire and, and plaster of Paris. So there really wasn't anything that could be saved. But the church wanted to see if, uh, you know, they could raise some money to maybe replace it. And just on a whim, I called Screen Actors Guild and said, uh, can you give me the name of, of Sean Connery's representation? Because Sean Connery was kind of the last <laughs> living star of that movie. That's right. And I was, you know, foolish enough that I, I would call anybody. So <laughs> so they said, uh, we don't have representation, but we do have a contact number. I said, well, that's fine. I'll, I'll call the contact number. And so I dialed that number and Oh, it's like Sean Connery answering his own oh, phone. <laughs> wow. And so after uh, stumbling all over myself, I managed to say that, you know, we were trying to replace the Celtic cross that was used in the uh, uh, in Darby O'Gill. And he asked for uh, the church's address and he sent a $500 donation. Wow. Such a nice guy. Yeah, but he could afford a lot more than five hundred. Well, I'm sure he could, but did he know that I was really legit? I mean, I no, I guess. Oh, without checking or anything, he just sent the check. He asked for the address. I gave it to him, and like two days later, this check arrives. Wow, <laughs> that is awesome! You know, you brought up. I, I I don't know how old I was when that movie came out, uh, but I went to see it, and I had a massive crush. On Carolyn Monroe. No, actually, wasn't that Janet Monroe? Oh, that's right. Was it? Jan that's right. Carolyn was the daughter. Yeah. It was Janet Monroe. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I had a crush on the wrong person. Oh, see, but uh, that's what's that's that's followed you all your life. That's what's going on. That's here. right. <laughs> that's the problem. I keep falling in love with the wrong women. Uh, but no, I had a huge crush on Janet Monroe. And I was devastated when I found out she committed suicide. Yeah. And, you know, I was devastated after I saw the movie. After I saw the movie, when I went outside at night, I looked at roofs. I just, I could not stop looking at roofs just in case there was a banshee up there that might come down. Uh, uh, were there? Uh, well, I lived in Alabama and banshees were not socially acceptable there. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> they were they were crosses with their names on it. The uh, have have you ever going back to Art Bell? Have you ever seen a UFO or any of the stuff that he used to talk about? Well, you know, I live in Nevada, not too far from Area Fifty One, and I have personal UFO stories. Ooh. 
we're almost, you know, we're getting close to the end of this. So I don't know if we want to get started on this oh, now or we'll, save it. We'll have to bitch about UFOs on another podcast. We'll take another one. I've we're not never telling seen you which one. So you'll I, have to listen to all of them. I just want to tell I, our one listener about that. I, I wish I could say I've seen a UFO. I would love to see a UFO. I haven't. I have seen ghosts, mm -hmm. um, but I have never seen a UFO. Well, I will say that all totaled, I believe, this is, yeah, I'm the guy who calls Sean Connery just on a whim. I believe <laughs> that I have seen three legit UFOs. Really? Really. But have they seen you? Yes, that was the scary part. Oh, did you get an anal probe? No, but I think they were taking flash pictures. No. No! <laughs> but, uh, uh, so, one of them, and we will get into this on an upcoming episode, but we're not telling you the one, so you'll have to listen to all of them. Uh, it happened in Calnavary, and you remember, I told you the thing about Calnavary, is it's in the middle of the desert, there is nothing anywhere near it and yet it has a coast guard station well, well why that's the question Ooh. why would cal now, I, I, are you sure this is cal navary because i think i went to high school with him <laughs> hey uh yes uh, and i'm sure he was actually named for the town which oh the town um is see my hometown is Texarkana, because it's supposed to be Texas, Arkansas, and Louisiana, where everything meets. But somebody was off by about, you know, uh, 45 miles. So, yeah, Texas and Arkansas are across the street from each other. Louisiana, 45 miles away. Somebody missed there. Same thing with Cal Navarre. It's supposed to be California, Nevada, and Arizona. Well, Arizona's a good... 50, maybe 75 miles away. <laughs> and and uh, so whoever whoever named the town probably located the Coast Guard station there because they were confused as to where the ocean was. Hmm, interesting. Uh, yes, we're going to have to talk about that more. But uh, before we run out of time, I just want to say, I want to acknowledge that during the two weeks we've been off, um, we lost a great talent uh, named Chuck McCann. Oh, Chuck. And I, I met Chuck once. He's a, he was a very good friend of a, a couple of very good friends of mine. And I, I met him once cause I ran into him in a copy shop, uh, in, in studio city, but I grew up watching Chuck. Chuck McCann saved me. I mean, uh, Sundays, I was a lonely kid. I didn't have a lot going on. And he did a show every Sunday called Let's Have Fun. For three hours, it was just him doing all this different stuff. I mean, they played cartoons and other stuff. But one of the things he did that I absolutely loved was he read the comics from the Daily News and he dressed up as the characters. He dressed up as <laughs> Steve Canyon. He dressed up as Dick Tracy. He dressed up as Little Orphan Annie. Now, Chuck was a very large man. Mm -hmm. And and seeing him in the red Little Orphan Annie <laughs> dress, and he had these little white cutouts that he pasted over his eyes. 
and he read the comp and he was he was great and he ended every show like wa- walking uh, or dancing out of the studio singing or i don't know if he was singing i think it was lip syncing um put on a happy face wow and he went out and boy that show i would recreate that show in my bedroom that's every wow and, and chuck would have probably been proud and impressed he used to kind of hang out uh in um studio city at a little cafe called jinkies and he was open to talking with everybody the friend of mine that he was a good friend of was um uh, uh, Don Rickles' manager. And after Chuck passed away, uh, Tony sent me a, a photo of him and Chuck uh, in traditional uh, ballroom dance pose, uh, dancing together. And he <laughs> said, Chuck was always such a gentleman because he always let me lead. <laughs> well, Chuck was was brilliant. He was a terrific uh, voice actor and actor. He did everything. Um, and Chuck, you're out, up there listening somewhere, and that may be our one listener. And I just want to thank you. Yeah, Chuck, uh, in addition to Steve thanking you, I hope that you're up sitting in between Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy. Oh, that would be perfect. I, I, I wish he could still keep an Instagram going it's a that would be awesome to see that um we are out of time oh man and we didn't even get a chance to bring on schlug maguga so we could interview him well next time schlug can you can can you see if you can arrange that well i called sean connery why couldn't i that's it go for it well until next time i am steve and i am schlug maguga byron tidwell (laughs) and and we are Old, Old guys, guys bitching. bitching. Hey, we, You're we off again. Got it. That was close. Timing, man. Timing. Timing.